Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yeah, what a weekend. Uh, as we always say, Rod and I, the um, weekend starts on Thursday. The football weekend kicks off tonight with a really good football game. We'll preview that coming up. Important football game, too, not just a good one on paper. Important in the NFC North. Also, uh, baseball season coming to its climax in the regular season. Four more days starting tonight into the weekend. Final spots will be determined. And uh, we know it's week four in the in the uh, NFL, and it's week five of college football, all important week five, with some uh, big-time games, including the Longhorns. As we said yesterday, Ty, we just came off our Just the Facts segment. If the Longhorns win this week and if Oklahoma wins this week, both are at home and heavy favorites, Texas over Kansas, will be a handful for the Longhorns, and then Oklahoma facing Iowa State. As Ari Temkin said to his last hour, Iowa State still plays elite defense. Can they slow down Dylan Gabriel and make that a game? Cincinnati did a pretty good job of that last week at Cincinnati. It was only 20-6. to and they, they did a nice job defensively against Oklahoma. They just couldn't punch it in the red zone. They had settled for field goals, and they ended up with two field goals, but, but missed a couple field goals, and they actually missed one field goal, Cincinnati did, and then had to went for it on fourth down and couldn't get it. They just couldn't move the ball in the red zone. That's been a problem for the Bearcats this year so far. Uh, but, you know, you kind of feel like Iowa State's defense can do some things. Meanwhile, Texas has to get a hold of this Kansas offense that is prolific. But if they both win, uh, Ty, it's a fact, I'm – well, I'll call it a fact. It's not official yet. But if they win uh, and they're both ranked in the top 12 next week, both 5-0, and oh, uh, college game day will be at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, because if you look at the schedule next week, it's not – there aren't many huge games. Uh, it would be the biggest matchup by far uh, next week. This week, obviously, all eyes are on you know Colorado and USC. See what that game becomes. USC a heavy favorite after Colorado got blitzed by Oregon last week. Out and out at Outson Stadium, um, you know, and I'm, ESPN College Game Day this week is going to Duke. Yeah, yeah, Duke, North Carolina, to to uh, the Blue Devil country where the 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 undefeated Blue Devils and Mike Elko host uh, Notre Dame, coming off that Ohio State loss. That's a pretty close spread from what I saw too. Well, you, you under got, a touchdown. Yeah, Duke's. It's hard to score on Duke's defense. I mean, Mike Elko does a great job. I mean, they. If you look at their their statistics nationally, they're they're a really good defense. And Notre Dame lost the game last week, and they only scored fourteen points. And uh, so you know, Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback. But you know, and I think there's the the idea of this. It's the it's the best of the you know I, I don't know is it the best of the games? They could have picked Texas Kansas at the game they wanted to, but I think they're already anticipating what's coming next week. Uh, at the Cotton Wasn't Bowl. Notre Dame? They were, they were college game day last week. I guess it's yeah. in Notre Dame, Durham, Ohio State. And that was the biggest game of the day, top nine matchup. Uh, and so yeah, they could have done Florida State, Clemson last week. Yeah, but they went Clemson's two that was and two now game. and not ranked. It was a great game. Went to overtime. Uh, well, so was Ohio State. I mean, so was the Ohio State Notre Dame game. That went to the final play. And I know it's a controversial and brutal finish. And you know, in you know, indefensible. I would Marcus be able Freeman to to. Be on his side as a Notre Dame fan. Well, I just, I mean, I, I said that to Rod on Monday. That's the first thing I thought, having done sports talk radio in the mornings for 20 plus years. I don't know what that would have been like here. If Steve Sarkeesian had done the same thing, if they, if they had the exact same scenario and had two plays with 10 people on the field. And he says what he said. In the and then conference. says we knew and we didn't do anything about it. Oh my gosh. Uh, I just can't imagine that fan base right and then now. Then it comes out that they at Ohio State did sub, so they had the opportunity to get another guy out there. Well, yeah, no, you, you because Travion Henderson was on the field the previous play, and then the guy that scored a touchdown was a new running back. So clearly they subbed, and once once the other team subs, you can add a add a player. 
without a penalty, and the you know ref won't let the ball get snapped until he's in place and, and ready to go. And um, you know that's that's a huge. I mean, he, Marcus Freeman's gonna gonna have to make up for that. That one will leave a long term mark for him. That's one of those. That's tough. That's tough. And I, I just can't imagine what that would be if it were someplace like here. I mean, having been around it when you know Mac Brown's teams had three punts blocked against North Carolina doing the post game show and the the Big Twelve championship game of two thousand and one and. Um, gosh, so many postgame shows along the way. Charlie Strong when they had three extra points blocked in a game. I mean, there's just there's just events that you just never forget. And the fan, as a fan, you're like, how does that? Ha- Charlie, how do you get the same kick blocked three times? What are y'all doing? Like, you're a highly paid coaching staff. Can we get the the extra point blocked? That doesn't seem too difficult. Mac Brown, who went on to win national championships at Texas, but can we three three punts blocked in one game? Can we get that short? Sure how did that happen? Oh, North Carolina thing? State. It, just, it was just bad. I mean, they just uh, same same way every time. No, no, but, but <laughs> they schemed around. Two were it. very similar, if memory serves. But that was 20, 20 years ago now. Okay, nineteen ninety nine, I believe it was. Yeah, Texas lost, lost the game, just like uh, Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong lost the coin toss. Remember when they screwed up the coin toss? That was so that, that it, tur- it turned out that that was on Charlie Strong, not the play- I forgot which player that was though, because initially it just sounded like the player was being an idiot. But then it was like, oh, Char- like he told me to do this. <laughs> yeah, he put it on Charlie. Oh, too much, too much. But, uh, yeah, that one. Marcus Charlie Freeman. Strong did a lot of questionable things. Starting Breckenhager. Well, so did Hager. Tom Herman. Tom Herman was flipping off the cameras. Tom Herman was head-butting players without a helmet on. I mean, Tom Herman. Kissing his players. You know, mocking other players from the sidelines. I mean, there was a that, lot of. That uh, was funny. That was not funny. For your head coach, <laughs> if, you're, if your strength and conditioning coach did that, okay, he's supposed to be a wild guy. You're it put, was on brand for Tom Herman, though. Which is you know, not, not on brand of a head football coach at a you know, big-time university. That's true. That's true. That is uh, – uh, and, you know, now Steve Sarkeesian seemingly has this thing headed in a really good direction. Hey, hit us up on our news text line. It's 447-3776. That's 447-3776. We'll also check the old line occasionally, but eventually that's going away. So – uh, make the change. Make the change. Make the switch. We do appreciate you weighing in on the show. Your picks for the Ryder Cup, picks for these games. Let's get you the headlines, the trending topics of the morning. Top Gun, rentals and lawn equipment bring you the news on a Thursday morning. We'll start with uh, college football. Kansas Jayhawks rolling into Austin on Saturday to face the Longhorns. They'll do so as a ranked team for the first time this season. They're off to a 4-0 start, ranked number 24. First time ever these two teams have met when both were ranked. Head coach Lance Leipold's Jayhawks feature multiple weapons on both sides of the ball, especially on an offense that averages over 460 yards a game and extremely difficult to get off the field. We mentioned Kansas converts third downs more often than any team in the country through four games. That's over, over 60% of the time. Pair of excellent running backs, and of course, the dynamic dual threat quarterback Jalen Daniels. He's a real dual threat. You know, I, I think the natural thing is we think about the runs that he has for explosive plays, but he throws the ball all over the place. And they they've got great schemes and concepts. You know, they, they're running real pass concepts that stress your coverages. And then they have the run concepts with, with his legs as, as an added element to it. You know, the plus one runs with the quarterback run. So um, he taxes you both ways. Certainly does. Texas Kansas kickoff 2:30 Saturday. Our pregame coverage will start at noon on Saturday from the Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe between 26th and 27th. Also from college football, Michigan State officially fired and battled football coach Mel Tucker yesterday. School announced uh, formally ending his tenure at MSU after a sexual misconduct scandal went public earlier this month. NBA absolute blockbuster of a trade has been completed just ahead of training camp. Portland Trailblazers have traded their all um, all NBA guard Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks, where he'll play alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's part of a three-team deal that also includes the Phoenix Suns. 
part of that deal. Blazers will receive Drew Holiday from the Bucks and DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, as well as a future first-round pick from Milwaukee and other compensation. Phoenix will land four players, big man Yusuf Nurkic being the biggest of those, and then three others in the moves. Big night in the big leagues and Major League Baseball Rangers put themselves on the brink of their first playoff berth since 2016. They beat the Angels 5-0. Dane Dunning, big start for him. Right-hander allowed just three hits over seven dominant frames. Adolis Garcia, El Bambi, hit an RBI double and a homer. Uh, Texas lowers its magic number to clinch a playoff berth to one. Their magic number to clinch the AL West stands at two. That's because the Astros posted a huge win of their own last night. They beat Seattle 8-3. Mauricio Dubon hit a tie-breaking three-run homer in the fourth to back Framber Valdez in the bullpen. Astros extend their lead over the Mariners in the race for the final AL wildcard spot to a game and a half. Houston off today ahead of their regular season-ending series in Arizona. Rangers close their regular season with four in Seattle. High drama starting tonight. Great season has come to an end for the Round Rock Express. After Oklahoma City, the Dodgers closed out the Pacific Coast League Championship last night. 5-2 win at the Brickdown Ballpark over the E-Train. Dodgers will now advance to the International League uh, to face the winner of the International League in the AAA National Championship. And uh, week four in the NFL kicks off tonight. Great matchup. Thursday night football. 2-1 Lions traveling to Lambeau Field to face the 2-1 Green Bay Packers battle for first place in the AFC North. Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Says uh, E. Kansas offense is scary. However, BYU did hold them to 24. KU defense scored two TDs. Yeah. Look, I mean, Texas beat this team 59-10 to last year. And as Ari Temkin said last hour, 400-plus yards rushing. Bijan had a huge game. And that's why Lance Leipold and the Kansas and the staff went out and, and really attacked the transfer portal. They rotate 10 defensive linemen, uh, and they all play. And you know, But again, Texas has better players. I mean, you, how much can you make up 59, you know, a 49-point loss year to year, year over year, and traveling becomes the question. That's why the line is where it's at, 16 or 17 points. Uh, Texas is better, but so is Kansas. But last year, the game was a 50-point separation. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels wasn't 100% in that game, if you remember. Uh, he was battling injury, and they rotated the quarterbacks with Jason Bean. And uh, that gets to that game was just never close because Texas just overwhelmed Kansas with their run game. Uh, you know, and that's encouraging for Texas in that their offensive line is a year better and a year more mature at Texas. Uh, they're running the ball great right now. They just had the big performance from Jonathan Brooks against Baylor and Dave Aranda's front. They just overwhelmed them and really did what they wanted to do offensively. Um, you know, after after you know, a couple of early drive stalls, but then they got it cranked up and did another. You know, that second quarter, which was 21 points, they've Texas had a 21 point quarter in all four games, and that's that's the question: Can Kansas keep up with that? Because Texas's de- defense is better than any Kansas has seen this point. But as I said, that that 60 percent on third down is is a really impressive stat, um, because that just that, that they can frustrate a defense. But to Ari Temkin's point, who is a Kansas graduate. And watches them closely. The reason they're so good on third down is they're good on first and second down, and they run the ball with their concepts and their schemes. And Devin Neal and Devin Hineshaw. Uh, so they got two good running backs, and then the quarterback can run. So they stay ahead of the chains. And this is something Baylor could not do last week, right? Baylor could not, you know, you know establish anything on first down. They were going backwards on first down most of the time, and uh, then Texas was able to come after them. Uh, Kansas keeps you on your heels defensively with all the the motions and movement and different different uh, ways they'll run the ball, option plays, quarterback draws and quarterback design runs, and then you know then they'll throw it. I mean, it, they're they're a handful. So both teams and their defensive staffs are having saying up nights trying to get their hands around this. But again, Texas won by forty nine last year. 
just like Texas won by 49 the year last year against Oklahoma, who they'll play next week. So in a key stretch, the Longhorns have ownership of the previous two teams, or from previously from last year. Can they maintain? If they do, they're going to be 6-0 and and sitting in a really good place. Look who it is. The birthday boy is back in the house. Uh, Nick Shuley joining us this morning as Rod Babers continued, continues to uh, play daddy duty and enjoy his beautiful baby girl. Hello, Nick. How are you, bud? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing good. How was your uh, birthday dinner? <clears throat> It was great. It was uh, just super chill. Some friends and uh, my girlfriend surprised me with a uh, a few additional people, including Higgs. So it was Mark uh, Higgins, who's going to join us later yeah. in the show. You're a good friend and uh, also heavily involved in the NIL space, right? Yeah. No, he's uh, he's he's the guy to talk to. He's the one that actually does the stuff. So. <laughs> does the stuff. You facilitate. He does it. Yeah. Mark Higgins <laughs> will be joining us later. Also, Bob Ballou will join us later in the show. He's going to give us a Ryder Cup preview. We're going to talk to our buddy Keenan Womack. Uh, from orangebloods.com and basketball insider on this big trade. You're a basketball guy. How about this trade? Dame oh, Lillard, man. That's a big deal. That's a big time shakeup in the league right there. That yeah. balance of power just got real interesting. Yeah. And uh, we, we thought, you know, Miami was kind of holding, holding on, but Miami just didn't have the ammo to get this done. And um, I, I give Portland's GM credit for holding the line on this and getting the best deal possible. And I, I think Ty said it to start the show last hour. I think all three teams come out feeling pretty good about this that, that got involved in this. The Bucks. Get the you know one of the best players in this league to go with maybe the best player in this league and Giannis. You know, it's between Giannis and uh, uh, Nikola Jokic right now of the best big in basketball. And right now the Nuggets are the champs, and it feels like the Nuggets are in their prime. Right, they won the championship last year, and you know Jamal Murray is twenty six, and you know uh, uh, Jokic is twenty eight, and they got this talented young team that's all coming back. So they're the team to beat. Well, now you've got Dame and and the Greek Freak together. In Milwaukee, with still a pretty good roster, uh, Vegas says they're now the favorites. Nick, they're now the favorites they, to win the NBA championship. They have Milwaukee as the favorites now. Yep. Oof, man, Jumped already over already d- doubting the Nuggets. Pretty quick. Oh man, don't you know <laughs> Michael Malone loves that? It's like, exactly. oh look, oh we're not the favorites. We're the champs, but we're not the favorites anymore. But yeah, they they're used to that. They're used to that. But uh, no, that's fun. I'm sure Giannis is happy. So you make your superstar happy. You give yourself a chance to make a run. But I thought Portland did pretty damn good. I mean, Portland to come out with. Drew Holiday, who most people believe they're going to they're going to flip somewhere else to continue their rebuild, right? And Drew Holiday will be a a piece for somebody uh, because now the rest of the league, especially the East, Nick has to react. Yeah, um, because you now have a powerhouse in Milwaukee that you got to deal with if you're the Celtics or the Heat or you know any of the teams in the East that, that want to contend. Uh, Drew Holiday, 33 years old, is one of the best defensive guards in the league. Great point guard, great teammate. That guy can bring a bring a, a return for the Trailblazers who are likely to move him. If I was the Mavericks, I would trade the next four first-round picks you have for Drew Holiday right now. To pair him with uh, Luka? I think that would be the perfect perfect fit fit with Luka. Because they had Drew playing point guard in Milwaukee. Clearly that wasn't working. The offensive output there didn't match the defensive uh, standard that they set. So bringing in Dame Lillard allows Giannis to kind of play more freely and not have as much of the workload on his back. I think bringing in Drew to Dallas would do the complete opposite where the defense needs more attention than the offense, and clearly they had didn't do much this offseason to improve on that. So That's maybe it. a big-time trade during the season for Drew But again, kind of like the team heat. in Dallas. Kind of like the Heat. Do they have the assets to go get it? And, you know, Portland's in a rebuild, and Portland's got some good young talent now with Scoot Henderson, and uh, now they, you know, they, they've added pieces, and now they're moving on from Dame, which is a big move. But rarely do you trade a superstar and get something really good back. But they have DeAndre Ayton now, 
who they you know that's that's they'll probably just use him as a big for them because he's making a lot of money. I don't know what the demand's going to be for him on the trade market, but even Phoenix, you know, who has already got the the superstar group of uh, KD Kevin Durant, who you got to see at that wedding. How's Kevin Durant doing, by the way? Did you get to talk to KD at all last week when you were at Royal Ivy's nuptials? Just a, just a quick second. So it was I was he was obviously the most popular person there, so I didn't try to <laughs> <laughs> didn't try to stick around, but uh. But he looks healthy. So <laughs> looks healthy. He was dancing. He was dancing. He, he was, was having a good time. So yeah, man, they were getting after it to the Bell Bib DeVoe on the dance floor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, uh, Bradley Beal now in Phoenix, and now you add you know four players. And this is what Phoenix needed. Phoenix needed bodies. They need depth to go with the the stars. And now you add um, and you get rid of Aiton, but they bring in Nurkic, the big man, the seven footer, who's probably as we said earlier a better fit. For what they're doing in Phoenix, um, you know, one of those Euro bigs that, that's skilled, but lower uh, ceiling, higher floor. Yeah, well, lower. He's not as talented as Aiden, but Aiden's so inconsistent and immature, and uh, just you know, he wants the ball, but you know, you, you, Nurkic is just going to work for you, right? He's just going to go to work for you and do the things. If that he can he stay healthy, yeah, that'll be a factor. And they pick up three other guys in that trade, so blockbuster for sure, uh, blockbuster for sure. So uh, we'll take it's your thoughts be on it. Boomer bust for Phoenix this year. Oh yeah, it, I mean it has to be. They they've got to. They had to go in. And you have three guys that have very severe injury histories now on your roster. So three of your top four guys. That's true. Maybe even Devin Booker. Maybe four, four, four. Does Devin Booker gets hurt a decent amount? Doesn't he? Uh, not that I. Not as much as KD yeah. or Nurkic or Bradley Beal. But yeah, I'm 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 excited for the NBA. Yeah. This kind of got me back into. Haven't thought about basketball once, and I didn't realize it's starting in like. I know like it's crazy. A few it's, weeks, it's right on us. And I mean that I've, I haven't seen a trade like that in a long time, where it like feels like everybody felt like they they won kind of a thing. So, including the general manager in Portland, who, as I said, held the line and didn't uh, give in. I'm to, just happy to, to the superstar. Oh my god! Oh me, me too. too. I hate the me. Heat so much. <laughs> well, I love Jimmy Butler, but I do too. Uh, the yeah. Heat. As a Mavs fan, I can't. I can't, I'm the I same way. I, I've never forgiven that them for for the officiating. Well, that was the NBA's fault. <laughs> Did you exactly. see that uh, Jimmy Butler had a tweet saying, "Hey, uh, you know, essentially saying look into Milwaukee for tampering. Look into well, Milwaukee. it was a joke, because right? <laughs> they were tampering. They, they were, were the clearly <laughs> tampering. <laughs> Jimmy B doing his thing, um, but yes. Uh, all right, and Nick Shuley is in the house. Appreciate you coming back in and joining. As Rod is, uh, will be back with us on Saturday. And uh, by the way, as I said earlier, I know I, I know the name of the baby. Oh, wow. But I told Rod I won't share. I'll let him share. Inside info. It's his baby. Uh, he sent me a picture. Beautiful can, baby girl. Also the name. But I'm going to let I'm gonna let him reveal that. Can you confirm people. or deny if it was Beyonce? I can I can confirm it's not. <laughs> but you know what's so funny? As I texted, because Rod obviously hasn't been listening to the show. He's been a little bit busy. I said, you know, you know, can you share the name? And he gave me the name. And I said, it's a beautiful name. And I said, uh, just so you know, the listeners were pushing for Beyonce. <laughs> And he said, that's hilarious. And he had like the emoji and said, there was a Beyonce song on the playlist when the baby was born. Oh, nice. See? Beyonce song. Because Rod, Rod was, was Daddy Duty, man. He made a playlist that was going to play during the, the Do you whole know process. the middle name? I do. <sighs> I was going to say, that could be Beyonce. <laughs> so I said, Destiny's Child. You know what I I'm think saying? it's out. I feel like he would have volunteered that information when I asked that question. So Rod's yes. not going to be the guy that's sharing much about, about his child. I will tell you that the middle name is Grace. Oh, I will nice. not share the first name. That's Middle my niece's name. name. Grace. It's a great name. Mary Grace Babers? No, no. you can guess all you want. Is it a double me. name? No. What do you mean double name? Like, could it be, could Grace be a part of the no. first name? No. It's very uh, well, Southern. I like, a, I like a good double like, oh, name. Oh, like Mary Grace? No. Mary Margaret? Mary, no. No, 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 no. I feel like a double name girl 
He says, uh, "Don't forget about Always. Wemby in San Antonio, yeah, NBA. This, you know, but this this will percolate some NBA, you know, fans and fandom. And then, you know, what happens when Drew Holiday gets traded? That's going to set another. Oh wow, big trade. Uh, so Portland's on, Portland's on the clock now to make another move that could uh, light the fire for NBA fans. When do we start hearing uh, Drew Holiday to the Lakers stories coming out? <laughs> I just, I just Google Today, it. I guarantee it's already out there. LeBron James wants. Well, I'm sure LeBron James <laughs> yeah, exactly. will be asked with this week because you know where LeBron's going to be Saturday, the USC Colorado game. He's one of the, uh, according to the Colorado Buffaloes front office, he's going to be on the sidelines of that game along for with Colorado. Uh, I don't know who he's rooting for. His son goes to USC now, so I'm, I'm assuming he's rooting for USC. Matthew McConaughey will be there. I'd put him rooting for Colorado probably because it's it's the cooler Wait, thing to do. Matthew McConaughey is going to be not going to be at the Texas game, but he's going to be at the Colorado USC game. That's correct. According to a press release released by the athletic department at Colorado. Minister of Culture. Cheater. What's going on? <laughs> he wants to be around Dion, man. Be around Dion. The game's in L.A., though? Uh, the game is in Colorado. It's at CU. Folsom Field. Folsom, Folsom Prison Blues. Yes. Questionable. Uh, it says, guys, question. Do you think Texas's offense has played a complete game yet? The answer is no. <laughs> no. The closest to it was Baylor. I mean, and, well, God, I will also say the closest, the best – four-quarter football game they played offensively was Alabama because they moved the ball all night. Uh, if their own their biggest problem against Alabama in the first half was drop balls, right? I mean, Xavier Worthy had a drop touchdown pass that should have been a catch. Uh, Jonathan Brooks dropped one that could have been another touchdown. So they settled for some field goals, but the offense was moving, and the offense was, was you know, Sark had that thing humming. Uh, with the scripted plays and got Quinn off to a great start. X-Man had the huge game. And all that stuff, whether they, they converted the touchdowns or not, set up everything you saw late, right? I mean, getting X-Man, if you go back, I mean, X-Man had catches early. He had the reverse that almost went to the house if he had followed Jatavion Sanders to the outside, I believe. I mean, they were, I mean, you know, clearly showing Nick Saban that X-Man is our go-to. Uh, which he probably thought coming in, but when you put it on the field like that, well, then you have to respond to that. And they couldn't handle X. Um, and you know, if he catches that ball. Think about the think about if uh, the the first half Xavier Worthy would have had if he follows. Because you go back to that end around that they ran. Jatavion Sanders had it blocked. It was there. It was there. And then the, and then Christian Jones was downfield taking the next DB. If if Xavier would have just stayed outside, I think he would have scored a touchdown there. Instead, he cut back in, and that's gave gave the defender a chance to cut off a Jatavion and get the get the tackle. Uh, but so think about the half he does. He had a touchdown there potentially. He drops a touchdown in the end zone. X Man was clearly the go to, and he was on his way to having a huge game. Well, at the second half, Alabama's adjustment is we got to get something with number one. Well, what what ends up happening? Jatavion Sanders is wide open in the seam. Ad Mitchell's you know big time over the top. Uh, you know those are designed. So I I thought Alabama. I think Alabama was their best four quarter game. Yeah, I agree. So far offensively. Well, but I also think I think they would have Baylor probably would be their best effort if but they needed they, it but, to. Yeah, but they didn't they they kind of they called Agreed. off the dogs at the end. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> and I thought Baylor was their most complete performance where the offense defense I mean special teams was the big letdown against Baylor with the drop punts and uh, but you know what that allowed your defense to practice sudden change. I thought that was huge. You're going to need that. I mean, their their Texas defense as I've said all morning as good as as Kansas is on third down. I mean, Texas is the number one red zone defense in the country right now. And, uh, you know, if you can let Kansas, you, know, you almost have to figure going to this game on Saturday that Kansas will move the ball a little bit more than any other team we've seen because of their offensive philosophy and identity and talent. Well, if you can keep them out of the end zone and force field goals, that's fine. I mean, let them move between the 20s and uh, or, you know, occasionally move between the 20s and then settle for field goals. They held this team to 10 points. 
yeah. last year up at Kansas. All right, so dinner was at the uh, the Italian restaurant last night? Il Bruto. Il Bruto. Yeah, it was great. You were getting ready for the Ryder Cup, you know, over in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Over in Italy, you're getting we're, a little Italian celebrating. Food. They were they they found out it was my birthday, and Aaron, who's the chef over there, like brought out all this all this extra stuff, including a bottle of like prosecco. All this stuff. it was really nice. It was super super cool. Super cool. Happy forty third birthday. Thank you're you now so much. off to number forty four. I know. On my way. Start the start the ride. Uh, so, so guys, is it Lafonda Grace? No, <laughs> it's not Lafonda. That is not the name. <laughs> oh man, this says maybe the only ranked matchup at home all season. He's in Boulder for a twenty three point underdog. Strip the minister of culture of his duties. <laughs> yeah, we can get petty on that. Yeah, he should probably be here. Uh, but I'll, I'll have a look at that. But yeah, that, that's according to a press release that McConaughey is going to be part of the uh, star-studded contingent. You know who won't be there? Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift will, though, be in New York. Is that confirmed? Uh, what? That she'll be there? Yeah, you didn't listen to our What the Fact segment. Front Office Sports reporting that Taylor Swift will be in attendance at the Jets-Chiefs game Sunday night football. In New Jersey. Hmm, for a primetime football night prime game. This is crazy. This, yeah, this we saw the ratings bump hmm. for a game where it was a surprise and it just kind of caught fire that, oh, look, she's there. Now we know she's going to be there. What is the jump going to be for that? NBC's like doing car wheels. I wonder, I wonder if she did a deal with the NFL anyway. I, well, I asked that question earlier, Mr. Marketing PR guy, because I, 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 we, you and I have both speculated about that. But the question is, what's her motive for that? What would she, she doesn't need money, she doesn't I mean, need any more popularity. It's not exactly it's not exactly her fan base, and so I mean, like that gets you out to an entirely new fan base of people. Like it's you know the well, most most of the uh, fantasy football playing guys like us probably probably aren't the biggest Taylor Swift fan. No have. offense, Ty. I've seen Taylor Swift in concert three times, mind you. So you please have? don't I've seen her please twice. Don't, please don't cancel me. I've never seen her. <laughs> I've never been to a Taylor I Swift. Front I don't row have, once. I don't think I have any front of row. my thousands of songs on my collection i don't have any taylor i saw her open with just her guitar in uh dallas and i can't remember who she opened for like acoustic it was was, like it was on the first the first tour it was it was lighter a lot lighter budget yeah well now she's the uh the global superstar who's going to be at the game watching her boyfriend i did hear on uh, i think it was the pat mcafee show yesterday they had a guest that says that, that they think this relationship's been going on for two or three months and they're just now comfortable putting it out there so i again We'll get How off is the that gossip. show on TV? They cuss. I know a every lot. two they, minutes. Well, because they put it's on cable and they put a a warning every time they come back from a break. We'll come back <laughs> when we do. It's uh, talking Texas Kansas. The weekend this is one of the great uh, weekends of the calendar so far, man. What a weekend we have with great football, baseball to the end of the regular season. Golf is heating up. I'm watching some of the pre coverage of the Ryder Cup teeing off over in Rome. One of the great events of the golf year. Every other year, looking forward to that. We'll come back. Nick Shuley is here. You are here. Ty is here. Coming back on. Hook him up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Nick, Nick Shuley is in the house. Rod Babers will be back on Saturday. Ty Henderson is here. I'm about to throw him out the window. He just came in here and turned my computer off. <laughs> what are you doing? I got like 10 screens open. I got everything organized. And oh. now it's all got to reboot. I'm like, what are you doing, Ty? Yeah. You, you weren't here earlier, Nick, because Ty was almost late for the show because he couldn't find his car keys. <laughs> Yesterday it was his wallet he couldn't find. And then this morning he had to like steal his roommate's car who doesn't even know he doesn't have a car when he wakes up this morning because he wasn't going to make the show because he couldn't find his car keys. I think this is all all part of the Thai brand which I really like. So it's I on think brand. I think it just I think it fits perfectly and I think he's doing great today. You so. really you really sounded like my dad right there though. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I have kids I have a son your age. And as I said to you earlier, Give me some PTSD. Best thing that he did was 
find the right girl and get married. And now he's doing great. Got I bought a house, working. I'm doing. I'm doing two jobs. I'm doing good. You're doing. Fine. I'm doing better than I was a year ago. <laughs> I think, or the year before that. Okay, just don't turn my computer off in the middle of the show. Look at me. I'm having to rebuild everything. You I know, thought I, the screen. I didn't realize it was. I thought it was just a screen. Sorry. See, this is Hand great up, though. People, people understand how, are starting to understand how the magic is made in here. Like <laughs> this is magic. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it is. It is magical, and it's good to have you back in the house. Also, uh, the magic of a, of a new baby for Rod. We're getting ready for the Ryder Cup. I'm looking at Scotty Scheffler right now doing a press conference over in Rome. I know he's been working on his putting like crazy, and right now he's talking about it. And uh, if if Scotty Scheffler could have putted a little better this year, he would have had one of the great years in golf. I mean, he was unbelievable this year, Tita Green. And uh, he'll be a big part of this Ryder Cup for Team USA uh, coming up in Rome. What a cool event that would be. Ryder Cup is always a great spectator event because uh, it's, you know, unlike golf, we have to be very quiet and whisper. You get rowdy and crazy. We saw the Whistling Straits a couple years ago. Uh, this is in Rome, just outside of Rome at a beautiful golf course. That, uh, as it, I said earlier, Michelangelo would be proud of this what, uh, beauty. What's the name of the course? Do you know? Well, I could if Ty hadn't turned no. my computer off. <laughs> no, that's uh, <laughs> I, I actually like I, I can't say I've ever seen a golf course when I've been in Rome. Like I, I don't. I, I didn't when I thought of Rome when I heard it was there. I did not. I was like, damn, they they play golf. And yeah, really? but I guess I guess that makes <laughs> Obviously sense. Obviously, they do. What? But I didn't think there was like top flight, but, or, you know, world renowned golf courses. And well, they played they played the Italian Open at each of the last three years there, the DP World Tour Italian Open. So yes, it's a premier course. Yes, they play golf in Europe. Golf was actually I, started in Europe. I know. It's just <laughs> one of those things you don't really think about. I guess. Yeah, yeah I think, when I, guess, I think Rome, I think the Coliseum. But like, also, we do. It, I guess it's kind of like you know, you, you go to Manhattan when you go to New York. I'm sure Rome is like you're dropping into the most kind of tourist well, main uh, part, and then the outskirts are where yeah, you they don't, obviously they find don't the have land. Golf courses in, on Manhattan Island, do they? Yeah. Well, I, actually, this is a great, great question. They, I know they have driving, they have multi level driving ranges. Yes, they do, and then they have great golf courses outside of New York City, right? Then. Where they, you know, Beth Page Black and that great collection yeah. of public courses and, um, the gosh, they all kinds of courses. But either way, yes, Rome has golf courses. And Looks like it's uh, Marco Simone Golf and Country Club. That's I right. Believe. I had yeah, Marco, Sim- Marco Simone. Marco Simone. Rome. Simone. See, I've never been to uh, Italy, Rome. I have not done the Europe thing yet. I've been to most states in the country of this country, but I haven't been been to Canada, Mexico, most states in the United States, but never to Rome to uh, Europe. Rome's a cool one. It's just very, very historic and, and, and old. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see stuff <laughs> like, like you that. You get back uh, to Boston and Philadelphia and think those are cities are old, and then you go to Europe. I mean, that's obviously you know thousands of years older. Uh, that's that's cool, and I've not been. I'm going to do it. I'm 50 now. Kids are all you know. We had our kids early, so Rod's just starting with the baby, right? At 42, <laughs> uh, I'm done. I mean, my 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 youngest is 21. She'll graduate college in December and off to grad school, and then yeah. Mom, we'll, we'll get her a bit of a raise because I think she's going to help pay for grad school, and then, you know, we're off to let's start doing some trips. That's I'll that, do all those things eventually. Because when you have three little kids as early as we did, you can't afford to go to Europe. Yeah. It's not part of the budget, <laughs> not part of the deal. Uh, but that's okay because that's uh, got a long life and plenty of time to do things like that. But uh, what's your what's your favorite city in Europe that you've been to there, Nick? Oh man, that's a tough one. I, I honestly, I I just love I have an obsession with London. I think London's such a cool place. I also really like New York. So London is kind of like the the older version of New York. And uh, I just like a place like that that has so much, there's so much going on, so much industry, so so many things happening. But history. it's also the history of it is so cool because you're walking somewhere that, you know, now might be a, 
you know, a, a target or something like, I don't know if they have target over there or whatever, but, uh, but something like that, but the building it's in was built, you know, in the, you know, 17, 1600s or something like that. It's pretty cool. The history there is pretty, and to know that people have walked there, you know, hundreds of thousands or whatever years before you is pretty cool. No offense against America. Well, America's way, my spot. Another person <laughs> says that uh, Ty needs to tag his car keys, uh, AirTag. We, well, he, let me let me let me further exacerbate his problem. His car, actual car, has a flat tire, and it's had a flat tire for two weeks, and he hasn't fixed the tire. So he's actually stolen his brother's car, and that's the one that he can't find the keys for. So now he's had to steal his roommate's car in order to get to work today. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I have air tag your keys, I have man. A I, I did, tag but they're not his keys. <laughs> on my keys, his keys are air tagged, but he can't drive his car because it has a flat tire that he hasn't fixed in two weeks. This guy needs a girl desperately. So like I, I said, eat. on brand. No, but it's good. It's like it's it's why we tune in. I was I was so sad when I had a girlfriend. Not sad, <laughs> but like I didn't do anything. It was lame. Going to bed early. Played video organized. games. Took a gummy from here and now and then. That's about it. <laughs> it says, E, you mentioned Ty needs a girlfriend. Would your daughter hook up with such a guy? No, no we're not. No. She, we're good. She's great. She's had a long-term boyfriend. I saw them post some pics. I guess yesterday was National Girlfriend Day or National, you know, whatever day. Parents so, love me, though, for, for the most part. Like when I'm Not meet, this one. <laughs> okay, but you know... I know you. I know too you much will. about me. Yeah, you guys are too close. No, I'm good. No, they're great. My daughter's doing great, but uh, Ty will find the one eventually, and it'll it'll help him. And she is not that one. Well, once you find your unicorn. But somebody texted and said, "Yo, Ty, don't worry about it. You, you live the life until you're 35, and then uh, unless you meet the unicorn, uh, have fun until you're 35." Hey, Nick's not married. That's that is very true. I've uh, I've did that same philosophy. So <laughs> it's working out. Well, were you, you were you ever close? Yeah, yeah, I was in some some longer term relationships, but uh, I also I've always had jobs where I travel a ton, so it was always like it, it. There was just always I was always somewhere. It always felt more long distance, but I had some long ones. Yeah, well, and now you've kind of settled down. That's good. You know, whether whether when you you live the life, like I'm about to start doing that kind of stuff, traveling a lot more often. I think right in, in the coming decade. Uh, you've, you've kind of done that, and that was for work. That's cool. Okay, so we've got uh, major trade in the NBA. Dame Lillard is now a buck. Uh, Suns and uh, Trailblazers also made out well there. We've also got uh, the Longhorns getting ready for Kansas in a big college football weekend. And uh, the NFL tonight, uh, let's mention quickly, that this, this Thursday night football game looks like a good one. I mean, uh, and it's an important game because you realize in the NFC North, the Vikings, who won it last year with 13, 13 wins, they're 0-3. And there's talk about Kirk Cousins and what they're going to do if they continue to slump. Um, also, the Chicago Bears are 0-3, and they're terrible. So this division will belong to the, one of these two teams tonight. Because um, I don't see the Vikings playing their way back into this. I, they just have too many issues right now. They don't run the ball in Minnesota. Their defense still struggles. You know, Kirk Cousins is putting up huge numbers with Justin Jefferson. They're just not winning games. And you kind of felt like they would be the regression team after the 11 one-score wins a year ago with the Vikings. That, that kind of comes back to earth. And now you've got Green Bay against Detroit. Remember, Detroit opened the season on Thursday Night Football and beat the beat the Chiefs in that game. They kind of stole, got out of there with the uh, the victory with the uh, you know Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey, and um, apparently Taylor Swift was like rubbing his ankle somewhere, whatever that whole deal was, rubbing his knee because uh, he didn't play in that game. But Chris Jones didn't play, and the, the Lions stole that. We said when that happened that that's just a you know you don't apologize, take your win. That's one you probably didn't expect to have. So now they're sitting here two and one. They went home after that, the Lions, and lost to the Seahawks. And, but then they came back last week and played a great game and beat B. John Robinson and the Falcons. So now they're 2-1. Packers are a weird team. They beat the Bears week one. Lost week two in Atlanta. 
to Bijan and the Falcons when they couldn't hold the lead, right? The Falcons came all the way back and beat them 25-24. And then last week, they were down 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter at home and came all the way back to beat the Saints 18-17. to So, you know, interesting game tonight, important game. Lambeau Field, it kind of feels like supremacy of the NFC North on the line, at least early in this season. Do you guys feel like Kirk Cousins gets kind of a uh, – I, I, I like recognize how Tony Romo was treated when he was there, and I feel like Cousins gets that a little bit because I feel like he's a better player than he gets credit for, and a lot of times what's around him isn't, isn't always the best of what it was. I mean, yeah. he has the best weapon in the NFL. He does. That's true. He does. That is true. But I mean, but he can't play defense. Yeah. He's number um, one in the NFL in passing yards. Right but I feel like he, he gets thrown into that. He's a junk quarterback category, and I don't think he is at all. Well, like, no, I feel like he, a lot of people he, just you put that dude on the 49ers, He might be an MVP. Yeah, I, I put him on the Jets. Like you guys have talked about, like that. I just I don't know. Well, look, I'm telling you, I, I, you guys can go look at the numbers. I've done it, and I can put them out for you. He is Dak Prescott. <laughs> Every number that they have to are the same. They're really wins, losses, completion percentage, uh, you know, interception to touch, touchdown to interception ratio. They're really the same player. They're both really nice quarterbacks. They they put up numbers. They're great club, the locker room guys. The thing you know about Dak more than anything else is they, they he says the right thing. He never throws a teammate under the bus. He's always got the coaches back. Uh, and Kirk Cousins is the same way. I mean, now Kirk Cousins was in Washington, and that was kind of an ugly situation, right? You're, you're playing for Dan Snyder, the coaching carousel there. Remember, he was drafted the same year that Robert Griffin III was drafted in the top five, and but then the Shanahan still loved Cousins, and they took him in the fourth round. That's the other thing about Dak and Cousins. Both fourth-round picks, uh, both you know taken as kind of insurance players, and both have out, out, outplayed that big time. And again, I, I don't think either player is a bad player. I think both are really good, but... You know, you're right. The wins just aren't there. And you know, the other thing that's almost identical with Cousins and Dak is their playoff record. Their playoff win-loss record is almost identical, and that's really what it's about for both. They've both been on teams good enough to make runs, and they they don't come January. And you know, I think Cowboy fans were reminded of that last week against Arizona because you know Dak Prescott in the offense. We can put point the finger at Mike McCarthy. You know, you, can, you know, last year fans would point the finger at Kellen Moore. And at some point, if your offense isn't generating touchdowns, and, and because again, the defense was sleepwalking in the first half. And as we talked about, the I thought the, the Cardinals came out with a great game plan and attacked Micah Parsons. They went right at him. I'll play you a piece of sound coming up that I, that I found that I think is interesting. And uh, they went right at him. And then they, they made an adjustment, and the defense played much better in the second half. And as we said, gave the offense every chance to come back and win that game. And they couldn't execute in the red zone. And is that McCarthy and play calling? Is that missing three offensive linemen? Or is, is that Dak? I mean, the history is starting to tell you that there might be a shortcoming at quarterback. Same thing with Cousins. Lots to like. Same time, when it matters most, wins, losses. Uh, where are they? Uh, they they feel like very similar players to me. Yeah, and, and even with that backup offensive line, it wasn't like they struggled to move the ball you know, in between the sure. 20s. Like, they moved the ball fine, but every time they got inside the red zone, they had such an issue. Although... They did get hosed on that pass interference call that, that didn't. But I'm not making excuses. But, they did. They did. Um, but um, still, but, you got to put the ball th- in the. You got to put the ball in the end zone when you're in the red zone, and they could not. They could not. Do I it. do think you know injuries on your O line will show up most in the red zone because that's, that's where you got to be able to push somebody, and you know you're compressed with the with the end zone and the d- defensive backs don't have to play play back and worry about deep balls. So that's where you, the the really good red zone teams can run the football in those spots, and the Cowboys could last year. And that Zeke Elliott, right? And that becomes the question: Is it is because I do because Tony Pollard scored two short touchdowns in the first game. Um, you know, he, I think they're going to be okay. They got to get healthy, 
But again, those two players very similar to me, Dak and uh, Kirk Cousins, and the debates are surrounding them by their fan bases are exactly the same. Yeah. Hey, we come back. It's uh, bullish or BS. I'll play you that sound of a former NFL coach watching film and, and saying exactly what the Cardinals did to Micah Parsons. You want to hear that? Also, more on the uh, big sports weekend coming. Rangers, Astros, all the way to the wire. Ryder Cup teeing off tomorrow or overnight tonight. It's uh, hook them up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Time for Bullish or BS. That's right, topics in the uh, world that we are either bullish or calling BS on. Including uh, Ty lost his keys. Well, bullish on BS that Ty will not lose something tomorrow. I'm saying my bullish. Hey, on I that. lost my key or I lost my wallet yesterday, but I found it before I got here. And then you stepped in dog poo coming yeah. in to come in. Like, <laughs> that is, that's so why I got greedy with, yesterday. So, so he came in with no <laughs> shoes. Oh, it's too much. It's too much. I love this guy. Uh, all right, hey, I'll say this: bullish or BS. Uh, the 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 Bucks are now the favorites to win the NBA title based on the trade for for Dame Lillard. The favorites, according to Vegas, are you bullish on the Bucks to dethrone the Nuggets, or would you stick with the Nuggets to start the season coming up in about a month? I'm sticking with the Nuggets. I mean, they have they have the track record. That I haven't seen that team play together. Granted, the the Bucks were already a solid team, but you never know how those things are going to go when you put. Two all-stars together. Yeah, and I also think that uh, you know Giannis battled injuries last year when the playoffs were coming and uh, then couldn't make any free throws once they got to the playoffs, but he's still, you know, that that's the compelling part. I, I know they're in smaller markets, Denver and Milwaukee, but those are the two best players in the league right now. I think we've seen that uh, Joel Embiid is not not ready for the primetime. I mean, cause, because uh, you know, Nikola Jokic stepped up and he had won two MVPs but finally showed the world just how great he is. Um, Incredible with the passing ability and the size and just the skill of that player, and that's what you have to beat. And they've got a great contingent around him. But now you've got Giannis, who's, you know, if anybody could play defense on him, and you know, come play come a final series, you would love to see that matchup head to head. And then now you've got Dame Lillard to provide more offense, and it's going to be fun. That's interesting. You also got Wembyama coming in for the Spurs, and then they're not going to be a playoff team. By the way, I mentioned you, you didn't hear this. I don't think, but uh, Bill Shoning. The great Bill Shoning will be joining our show tomorrow. Oh, no in way. The 6 o'clock hour. you got to get up early, Nick, to hear Bill Shoning, voice of the Spurs. Because as we did yesterday in Setlist ATX, your look at the best music in, in Austin this weekend, Bill Shoning's playing Saxon Pub. Yeah, he's doing music promo for once, probably. Bill, <laughs> Bill Shoning and friends at the Saxon on Sunday night. So Shoning's going to come on, and we'll talk about the Spurs and this big trade, and then preview his show a little bit. That's tomorrow, so we're looking forward to that uh, with Shoning. All right, uh, Ty, what are you, bullish or BS? Would you take... Uh, at this point, based on what we know, Bucks, Nuggets, or other, to win the NBA crown. Bucks, don't, don't take the Mavericks. I'll take the other. Okay, just based off of who's it, who would be like, your other, or just basing off of like the odds. The odds. Yeah, uh, gotcha. I think those are the two best teams in the NBA. Yes. Yeah. But a lot ha- we before the season starts, we know a lot can happen. I mean, we started last season with Kevin Durant on the Nets. Yeah, so. <laughs> that that Nets team looks a lot different this year. Yeah, and it, I would, James Harden could be somewhere. I'm I expect that's him to be not on a, a needle team. mover. That's uh, not moving the needle. I don't know. Not I, moving the needle. It might make your team worse. Who knows? That's that's I, very. Uh, true. There's a lot that can happen. But uh, yeah, I'll take the field. Now, where does Drew Holiday go? Becomes question. All right, let me play this for you, and then I have a bullish or BS question. Now, I found this yesterday. We were talking. It's a short clip. We were talking about Micah Parsons and the Cowboys and how the Cardinals had a great plan to run right at him. And listen to this. This is Chuck Pagano. 
He's a former NFL head coach, longtime defensive coordinator, defensive mind in the NFL. And here was some thoughts. I think he was on a podcast, and after watching the film, here's what he said about what the uh, Cardinals did that he thinks is going to be copycatted around the league. Run at Micah Parsons. They came up with a blueprint, and damn did they run at his ass. And they put big bodies on him. He's a smaller guy. You get a tight end and a tackle and doubling him, I think Dallas is going to have some issues. I think Dallas is going to have some issues. Bullish or BS, that, uh, that's a problem. There's now a, a blueprint tie for the, uh, the Micah Parsons problem that teams have that he presents. It's BS. Um, I, I think that performance was more about the defensive line as a whole than it was about Micah Parsons. Uh, we talked about it earlier this week, but them running off the cliff, as I said it, you know, running upfield, uh, expecting to get you know, the big play, the, the, the sacks, the tackles for loss. So. I don't know. I, I feel like he'll fix it. He also looked a little tired, and what I don't think that defense is ready to play in the first half at all as a it's, as a collective it, unit. It's BS. That I mean, you got Dan Quinn. That's you got all Dan, I got. They'll figure it out. That's all Dan Quinn and talent. I'm and, not worried uh, about. Yeah, Dan Quinn with Micah Parsons, with Demarcus Lawrence, with all these folks. I'm not worried. You can't go from like the media can't go from saying that he might be the best yeah. play, uh, defensive player of all time to to oh the the yeah. book is out on him now. Yeah, greatest like, defense know, to, in the NFL. We greatest know how to player. Beat him. It's yeah, a copycat lead. It's like no, that's not. That's I. I'm it is a copycat lead. Yes. It, it is. is. It is. But well, and that's not the media. That's a former coach who was just giving his opinion. But uh, but the media in general. I, I think Dan Quinn's sharp enough to, to throw some stuff at people that will really mess with what they're trying to do, especially when they when they think they have it figured Cowboys out. Cowboys are six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Patriots Sunday afternoon in Arlington. Bullish on that number, Ty? Uh, not, not, I'm not too bullish on that number. Over-under is 43, so expecting a lower-scoring game. I'd take 20, the over. You take the over there. Well, look, okay, I'll ask you this on the Cowboys front. More concerned, offense or defense, after three games? Offense, yeah, offense. Red, red zone ten out offense. of ten offense. Yeah, <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Last week, yeah. I was concerned the first week because it, that game flipped on that fumble and like everything, or was it block kick, whichever it was, the block they, kick, and yeah, then the force fumble. And everything, on. everything yeah. kind of just crumbled there, and like the offense didn't have to do anything. The offense didn't still, do much. By in the, the way, game. it's Thursday now, but it's still kind of hard to sit back and think the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. But it happens all the time. I've, we've said that. The since. Cardinals the, are among the, the in the glory when years. You do the they power used to, rankings. They're thirty three. They used they to lose to Jake teams. Plummer and those teams that they were horrible. Like they would always lose to the Cardinals. It doesn't make sense. Cole McCoy beat the Cowboys twice. There you go. Career. Hey, can I give a little props to my Texans because I saw several power rankings in the NFL that have them 22-23 now after their win over. That's the first time I've seen it in like five years where they're not a three before their yeah. number. They Come better on be careful. They're going to have a bad draft pick. Come on. Give me some C.J. Stroud. <laughs> All right. Bullish or BS? If it is true, as a, a report or a, a release from the University of Colorado has come out, that Matthew McConaughey will be on the sidelines for the Colorado game with USC this weekend, not... The Longhorns ranked matchup with Kansas. If that's true, and the Minister of Culture is cheating on the Longhorns, it is right to be, he's rightfully criticized. Yes. Or not a big deal. It, it, depends, on, it depends on if he talks about Texas when they interview him. <laughs> Yes. Oh, is he, is he a minister of if, culturing for? He could be he's, spreading, he's a covert op. I love spreading the culture. He's a minister. He's got to, you know, he's got to get out, and preach to the people. You completely barnstorming tour, <laughs> right there. If I he, mean, if McConaughey's he a Texas, smart guy. He's yeah. a smart guy. He is sharp. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. I highly recommend the book Green Lights. Everyone associates him with Texas, so when he's on the sideline, all they're going to be like, "Oh, well, I thought he was. I thought he was a Texas guy. The, Texas, Texas. He does the hook him backwards. Yep. He does. He does the backwards hook him. Yeah, if he's preaching the good book and the gospel of Texas on his minister tour, I think that's okay, right? I, I think it's great. I think it's how you get the word out. It's a barnstorm. And what better association than with the biggest figure in 
college football right now. I get it. Go to the biggest game where everyone's going to be watching, at least as far as the perceptive and the and the, the, the eyeballs, and then sell Texas. I'm trying to help Matthew here, so. <laughs> No, but I, I do think I do think like what better everyone's going to talk about Texas when they see him. Well said. All right, y'all thoughts on the bullish or BS Cowboys? Have they figured out Micah, or just a one game deal? Also, Minister of Culture. Also, we'll get a little, little Ryder Cup bullish or BS coming as well later in the show. It's hook him up with Ian Rodby.